Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Ramble by Energy Sport, the finest student-run fantasy football podcast in the country. My name is Jack Donnelly and after the first international break of the season, we're looking forward to getting back to some Premier League action this weekend. As always, our league is still joinable on the official Premier League website. We're aiming for 50 members by the end of the season, so be sure to join with the code DPPRDJ. Also, be sure to follow us over on Twitter at Fantasy Ramble to see our host's predictions for the full set of Premier League fixtures this weekend. They'll get uploaded either later tonight or early tomorrow morning. We'll get on and we'll introduce the panel. Uh, first up joining me is Struan Garvey. Good to have you, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. It's Friday. Feeling good. Friday, Friday good. feeling good. Back after a, a good international break. I'm not often... I'd, I'd say I've really enjoyed an international break, but I, I've enjoyed this one. It's been good for us, hasn't it? It's been ni- nice to see. Three, three wins, two shots on target. Just absolute nonsense from Scotland, which you love to see. Jamie, I can imagine you'd be you'd be happy with that as well. Jamie McIntosh joining us, of course. Yeah, it was an excellent international break, wasn't it? I mean, uh, on extra time, I, yeah, extra time last week. I said I wasn't particularly bothered about the national team anymore, and I'm not going to come out and pretend like I'm, you know, big, massive supporter now. Obviously, I I support the national team, but. I wasn't expecting an awful lot from this uh, this international break and they've proved me wrong. So fair play to them and fair play to Steve Clark also. Hopeful for next month? I think they've got every chance, yeah. I think, uh, you know, quickly before you move on to introduce our other panel member, I think everybody's kind of questioned why Northern Ireland, Wales, Ireland, whatever, have always had much better luck than Scotland in qualifying for these major tournaments. They don't play particularly bonny football to put a Scottish spin on it, um, but they're they're hard to beat. They don't concede too many goals, and ultimately, mm-hmm. if you don't concede too many goals, and you've always got a chance of, of doing all right. So uh, I think that's what Steve Clark's installed into this Scotland team is is he's made us pretty hard to beat. So long may it continue. It's something we've not had for a long time. It's a Scotland team that's hard to beat. So I think there will be a lot of excitement on Energy Sport in the week leading up to that all important playoff final. But we're going to start talking about some Premier League, but not before we introduce our or introduce our final panel member. Sorry, Graham Sinclair. Is, I feel I feel like I hardly speak to Graham anymore. He's he's uh, made himself unavailable by having classes on a Monday, so I don't speak to him on a Monday. And he's seem seem to have become part of the furniture at extra time. I've missed you. Is that why you almost forgot to say my name there? Oh, not at all. No, 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 not at all. I was ramping up to it. Okay. Okay. Sure. It seems as though you're for a bit to forget about me. I couldn't forget I you, Graham, don't worry. We just left, it wasn't in our songs. <laughs> that is what you've been doing all day today. Pretty much. Trying to get rid of the nerves with excitement. That's the best way to do it, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take that point about a derby and move on to speaking about another. Uh, the first of our premium picks for this episode is the Merseyside derby tomorrow afternoon, kicking off at the same time as the Old Farm at 1230 uh, at Goodison Park. The last results for two, both teams, uh, Everton continued their excellent start to the season with a 4-2 win against Brighton, while Liverpool were absolutely embarrassed by Aston Villa in a 7-2 loss at Villa Park, which was just unprecedented and unbelievable at the time, and the best possible way to sign off the Premier League for that international break. Uh, to be honest, for me, this kind of comes across as potentially the biggest Merseyside derby in years. Everton are flying, Liverpool are uh, Seem to have stumbled a bit, but they've kind of it's come at a time where they haven't been able to build up a bad run of form running into it because of the international break. So, Struan, do you reckon that the fact that they've not been able to build up that bad run is going to help Liverpool a lot in this game? Um, I think so. I think well, 
Was it, was it Liverpool's bad run? Did you say sorry? Well, no. Well, the point I was making was Liverpool lost, obviously, in that big way, but they didn't yeah. allow it to turn into like a bad spell of form because of the international break. So they've had that time just to reevaluate and reset coming into it. So basically, is the international break come at the best possible time for them? I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think sometimes you want to right your wrong as soon as possible. And I think maybe going away with that over your shoulders is probably going to be quite daunting for a few of the players. I think they'll, what the best thing you want is to go out and a win, go away with your international team, do whatever you want to do and come back fresh. But, but, but there will be that point to prove for Liverpool, especially in a big game like this in the derby. And do you think uh, they'll be able to get on all right without uh, some key players? I think Alisson's still missing and uh, Klopp confirmed that Naby Keita will be missing for this game as well. I would have said okay, but judging judging by Adrian's recent performances, it has been a bit of a calamity at the back. And Joe Gomez didn't exactly do too well either in that game. But uh, they know how to win. They're, they're such a good side. There is there is depth in the team, especially throughout that midfield area. So I don't think the loss of Cato will be too impactful at the moment. But is is, is Manny back? Is is he back fully? Do they? He's a doubt. It's it's what our FPL saying just on the kind of midfielders list. He has a doubt. At the yeah, moment, because I think he'd probably be the biggest loss. I think everything he brings to that team, just in all aspects, is mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, we all know his quality. We know what he can bring to that Liverpool side. Jamie, we'll take a quick look at Everton, and uh, they've been flying. As as I've already said, they've been absolutely flying this season. Uh haven't haven't uh, have they lost a game? I can't remember. It's been it's been a while since I've properly looked at the Premier League standards. To be honest. But nah, they've won won them all. Won them all. So yeah. perfect record coming into it. But the do you, almost kind of adverse to the point I made about Liverpool. Could the wind have been knocked out their sails a wee bit with the untimely uh, approach of that international break, or do you think they'll come into this one with the same approach that they've done all season and go out absolutely flying? I think they'll go into the game with the same approach. Um, look, obviously it's a derby. And, you know, you're right, they were flying before and sometimes international breaks can disrupt the momentum and when you're playing well, you just you can't wait for the next game to come along. Ancelotti really seems to have installed... Uh, he seems to have just made it fun for mm-hmm. the players. Um, they seem to just enjoy playing now, whereas under um, Marco Silva, it seemed to be a bit more of a... I don't know, there didn't seem to be that good a, a vibe, if you like, um, whenever you kind of watched Everton. But they seem to be, this, the team seems to be really good, have a really good bond together. They seem to be a really good group of players and uh, have a real togetherness. So, look, you know, if you've got that kind of team spirit, then then you'll do well. And, and that's the end of it, really. Um, I hope Everton go into the game and kind of just go out and have a go, at least. Because mm-hmm. I seem to remember the last derby at Goodison was, was like a nil-nil or something. And I think... Uh, I can't remember if Liverpool had already won the title. It was in June, I think, wasn't it? Uh, no, that it was the game off at that point. Uh huh. It was a nil nil, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was nil nil. No, they hadn't won it by that was, point. No. Right, it was a bit of a dull game, and uh, you know, I just hope that Everton kind of go out and have a goal this time because I think Liverpool are there for the taking this time around. So I just hope that they go out and make a game of it and actually have a goal. Um, obviously, no fans would be a big mess because I think if you did have fans in this one at Goodison, it would be it would be an unreal atmosphere, and I think it would really spur the players on. But I'll uh, get to my prediction later on when you ask for it. Mm. But uh, it could be a familiar prediction for myself on this one. Just before I come I to oh, the, sorry, 
I was going to say, in the recent one that was in the FA Cup, that that should have probably been one of the easiest wins I think Everton would have had in the Merseyside derby when you look at Liverpool's mm-hmm. C team in effect and Everton's best team at the time possible and they, and they still lost that game. Could be quite an important. Speaking of, of course, yeah. Uh, just before we move on to those predictions and before we move on to what Graham's thinking about the game, Jamie, I just wanted to talk to you about uh, the main man of the Premier League at the moment, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Of course, he has started the season in excellent goal-scoring form and carried that over into his England uh, trip, uh, scoring on his debut, and really just does look like the finished article after a season where he was really trying to find his find his feet in the league is he going to be the main man in this one is he going to pr- be able to provide a difference mm-hmm. for Everton I think he's good to be Everton's main man um, I think if Everton are to get anything from this game I think Dominic Carver-Lewin will play a massive part you just need to hope that the I think he was started as a sub on uh, against uh, Denmark there for England so I think he only came on for about 20 minutes or so so hopefully he should be relatively fit to start this one um, but I think if Everton are to get anything from this game then I think he will play a, a huge part leading the line for them it'll be a tough shift for him but mm-hmm, I think absolutely. he'll relish it and you know he's, he's just in the form of his life obviously isn't he you know we, we spoke last season about Carver-Lewin and we said that we had our doubts and it's interesting there that you see you think he's the finished article well, he but, seems you know, to be. He's, put, he's putting himself across as a finished article at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. Just with the form he's This in. is the stage. This is the stage that he and his Everton teammates um, need to come out and and prove that. Because okay, they they beat Brighton, they beat West Ham, and they beat West Brom all at home, and they had good results away from home against Spurs and Palace. But you know, I think Liverpool are obviously the the team that everybody wants to beat and obviously they did uh, did win the league by such a wide margin last season. So if Everton are going to come out and really have a good season and, and mm-hmm. get themselves in a European place. And this is where we'll kind of find a bit more out about this Everton side, if you like. Um, because especially that Tottenham result on the opening day of the season, I think Spurs have improved a bit since that opening day mm-hmm. performance. I don't think they were really anywhere near their best that day. So I think uh, I've got my suspicions about Everton's kind of results so far. So a much tougher test for them tomorrow, but should be a very good game, but I will not be watching it. No, I think we, we, we've got um, other priorities, I believe, at that time. Uh, from a Scotland perspective anyway. It could be the game that kicks off their season, that properly kicks their season into high gear, Everton. It, it actually falls on the 10th anniversary to the day of the last time that Everton won a Merseyside derby. Uh, 17th of October 2010 was the last uh, game that they won. Uh, Tim Cahill and Mikel Arteta scoring both goals in a 2-0 victory. I'll just take you through those two teams that were put out. David Moyes managing Everton at the time. Uh, Tim Howard, Phil Neville, Phil Jagielka, Selvan Distan and Leighton Baines made up the defence. Johnny Heitinger and Mikel Arteta in holding midfield behind Leon Osman on the left. Seamus Coleman on the right, Tim Cahill through the middle and then Big Yakubu up front. What a player he was. What a terrible, terrible team. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at that now, it's absolutely woeful. I think it's very interesting that Phil Jagielka is still playing at 38 at Sheffield United now in the Premier League. Mm. He is, he is. He's, he's lasted the test of time. Uh, and of course, Coleman, he's still a main feature in that Everton team. He's been uh, very dominant in keeping his place this season and starting the then. best captain Ancelotti has ever had, apparently. Is that what he's come out and said? That's what he's come out and said, which is pretty incredible given <laughs> the teams he's had in the past. Well, if the Everton team was something, Roy Hodgson's Liverpool team could be something else, I'm going to give you now. Uh, Pepe Reina in goal. 
Jamie Carragher at right back. Uh, Martin Skirtle and Kurdiakos. Kurdiakos at centre half with Paul Koncheski at left back. A holding midfield pair of Lucas Leva and Raul Morelles. Joe Cole, Steven Gerrard, and I'm not sure which Rodriguez that would be on the right wing. Ma- Maxi, probably. Is it? Probably Maxi, yeah. Does he not play for Liverpool? I'd probably be Maxi. And then Fernando Torres up top. Of course, managed by Roy Hodgson, as was, I said. I was just going to say, I, uh, <laughs> I was just wondering who the manager was there. The, the, the complete contrast between that, from defensive midfield back, to what uh, Liverpool's defensive midfield and defence is now is it's night and day really, isn't it? Just about, yeah. Uh, I don't know if Graham's gone away. Nope. Oh, he's here. There he is. Sorry, he's right there. Uh, Graham, what do you make of this? Uh, I think I've earmarked it. It could be one of the biggest Merseyside derbies in years, certainly since that point. Uh, how do you feel going into it as a Liverpool fan? Um, it's quite tough. I think it's weird. There's a lot of weird variables to it. The fact that Liverpool, you mentioned Liverpool haven't lost to Everton in 10 years and yet they've only won one of the last seven games at Goodison. And that was the last minute Sadio Mane rebound winner. Mm-hmm. Which is very very strange that that's the case. Everton just can't put, put them away. I, think, I like what Strange said about the national break. I think that actually has helped Liverpool though. In the sense, it has allowed them to get Manny back because he's definitely back in training. It's allowed them to get Thiago back. It's allowed them to get game time in Henderson. So I think normally I would think I agree with Struan in the fact that Liverpool would enjoy getting back at it and proving them, them eh, proving that they're still amazing mm-hmm. the week after. But get the break helped in this instance. I think it's a t- really tough one to call tomorrow. I think it could come down to goalkeepers to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You've got two. Because Allison's out, obviously, still. Having Pitford and Adrian in goals, both those people are prone to massive errors. Yes, correct. And again, that's seen few goals that could, seen, could be decided by errors. Usually that's what these kind of games are. One big error or one moment in like, complete genius. And that's what I think will happen tomorrow, too. And we've seen a couple of Pickford gaffes in these fixtures over the last couple of years, so he'll be hoping uh, it t- turns to the other side of the, the city. And Al- um, Adrian, rather, sorry, uh, has one of his own to help Everton to a win. But we'll get on to those yeah, score predictions. Free kick, you? Oh, don't even don't even suggest it because you do know what the group chat would be like. If if Rodriguez gets a winner for Everton and Rangers win tomorrow, I don't think we'll be able to speak to Taylor. He'll he'll be in orbit. He'll be gone. I bet. Surprised if this game is mentioned tomorrow in the group chat. To be honest, yeah. Think well, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably do a two, two screens. Probably, it'll have to be. Yeah, no interest. In I can't yeah, This is my English team. I can't compete. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, with that in mind, we're going to get on to your score predictions. So, Graham, how do we feel? How do we see it going? Yeah, I'm just going to go in now. Now, that's what it's been the last few years. I think that's what it'll be again. Uh, and just with that in mind, who's who's going to be the key players? You said the goalkeepers, so do you reckon it is going to be that, or it's just going to be? They'll be the key, they'll be the key players, but that's more a negative. Wouldn't stick them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Would just stick anyone just, in? I'd probably just find the cheapest defender that's going to start and stick them in if that's what you have. Or so probably an Everton defender, probably Michael Keane, Seamus Coleman, something like that. But I actually don't think I would do anything for this game. No one at all. I wouldn't put anyone in for this game if you like. You're making choices of who to put in. I wouldn't do it. Mm. 
if you have them, I would I would just keep them in. Like I'm gonna keep Robertson in. But yeah. I wouldn't advertise it that you have to put them in. Uh Struan, how about yourself? How how are we seeing this one finishing? I'll, I'll go for the one 0 Everton with the Hammers Rodrigo last minute free kick. I'll make that my prediction. <laughs> That's your bold prediction this week. It's got got to be something special, doesn't it? As, as, I, I think I think Graham is right, and that it's going to have to be a moment of magic to change this game. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, he's he's going to be your key player and your fa- and our main pick in fantasy for you. I think so. And oh, Dominic Calvert as well. Pretty, pretty good. Maybe a Hammers Rodriguez free kick whipped into Calvert Lewin to head in for the back post. That, that would do you. That would do you wonders for fantasy points, wouldn't it? Good. I'll get onto it later, but I'm not bringing Calvert Loon in this week. I'll, I'll I'll wait and see if he get if, if he makes his makes his move next week. But I'll get onto that later in the show as to why I've not done that. Uh, Jamie, how about yourself? I think you alluded to it, but I can imagine the prediction that's going to come out your mouth here. One all. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since we've heard that, but I've not been on. I've not been on for a while. To be it's honest, been, it has so, been a while. Uh, yeah, uh, I thought I would start as I mean to go on. Lovely. Uh, who's who's your key players in this one then? I think you alluded to to Calvert Lewin earlier, and I think I said if you know if Everton are to get anything from the game, then uh, I think he will he will need to turn up and, and need to have a good game. So I'll I'll uh, I'll go with him to to notch Everton's goal in a one all draw. So Calvert Lewin in one one. Calvert Lewin in one one. There we go. A draw, a draw is jumping out at me more, more so than I'm thinking about it now. I think I might have to echo Jamie and go for a one one. Because I think both goalkeepers are just not high enough quality to be able to keep a clean sheet in this one. But then again, the Liverpool defence is really just one of the most solid in the league, despite its recent uh, its recent troubles at the hands of Villa. But I don't know; it's hard, it's it is very hard to call. I think it's the hard, it's been the hardest Merseyside derby to call for years. So we're just gonna have to wait and see how it all pans out. I'll go one one, and I'll say that. Virgil van Dijk will head home from a set piece and either Rodriguez or Calvert-Lewin will get a goal for their side. We'll move on and we'll talk about the second of the premium picks that we're going to be mentioning this week. Uh, City versus Arsenal on Saturday night, 5.30pm at the Etihad Stadium. Last results for both City drop points as Pep Guardiola took on his master in Marcelo Bielsa as they drew one all with Leeds at home. And as Arsenal uh, came back from a tricky test, uh, came onto a tricky test rather, sorry, and defeated Sheffield United at the Emirates 2-1. Biggest talking point, of course, in this one is it's Guardiola versus Arteta. It's master against apprentice, as you would potentially say. Uh, but the argument could be made, Graham, for Arteta having seen a bit more success with Arsenal than uh, Guardiola seen with City since Arteta left. Would you uh, back any truth to that, or do you think it's a, uh, there's not much to it? No, I think that's a fair point, especially relative to the squads they have. I mean, City clearly have a better squad than Arsenal do, but Arsenal are the ones that have won a trophy. City have failed pretty much in everything since Arteta left, and I'm not saying that's directly related mm-hmm. to it. But, yeah, I think that's a fair explanation. Arteta's revitalised Arsenal, and City just seem to be plodding along at the moment. And City plodding along, they haven't really had any sort of consistency in the first couple of weeks. Uh, could this game perhaps be a chance for them, if they go on to win it, really put themselves back up there and get their season properly underway? It could, but I think the whole complexion of the game's changed today. Of course, I don't know if you're probably going to mention it at mm-hmm. some point, but 
uh, De Bruyne is missing the game. Yes. And I thought last season that Kevin De Bruyne carried Manchester City on his on his back. I think it's really kind of don't you talk about it enough. I don't think City had even like four excellent excellent seasons from players last season. Really, I think De Bruyne was just the best player in the league by a mile. Yep. And I mean, it, it kind of makes this game. I'm kind of thinking about the fact. I remember the game at Old Trafford that Man U played Man City. We found out De Bruyne wasn't playing, and I just I knew Man U were going to win. I just like. I had no, I had no doubt that Man, you're going to win that game, and they did. They win two 0 and I kind of get the feeling about this one. Maybe not, maybe not quite as much as that game. Maybe because City at home, and I think Arsenal kind of don't create as ma- that many chances. Mm-hmm. But it's making me really think what what's going to happen in this game. No, it is a massive factor to bring in the fact that league's best player by a mile last season will be missing out. And I feel like he, he's had a bit almost of a stuttering start to the season, but I suppose City have as well. Mm-hmm. And I think after a year of bailing the club out on multiple occasions, I think it's going to take a lot for someone else to be able to step up and fill those shoes. Struan, it's injury worries for both sides, of course. De Bruyne is out, Aguero still out, and Guardiola did confirm that Gabriel Jesus is also missing for City, meaning they go into yet another game without a recognised striker up. Side from the young Delap, who may feature once again. Uh, Aubameyang's also a doubt for Arsenal at the time of recording. He is uh, a doubt on FPL, so if you've got him on your team, just be aware for that. But could this be a chance uh, for Thomas Partey, Arsenal's latest signing, to make his appearance? Mikel Arteta did confirm he would be in the squad, but he might not start. Is Thomas Partey a player that Arsenal have been begging for for a number of years now? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a fantastic signing. I really do. I think he's completely worth the money. And I think he's going to help that team in so many ways. And watching if you, if you need to watch a performance, just the, the game against Liverpool in the Champions League last season, he absolutely ran the show from holding midfield. I think what he'll do as well is, we've quite often seen that Mikel Arteta swap to the back three in order to make up for the pretty poor defending. But I think he'll slot in next to Granit Xhaka, which will likely put um, Danny Ceballos further forward, I would imagine. Mm. So I think Arsenal will probably go back to the back four. So I think this is going to be one of those signings that totally changes the Arsenal team. I don't think he'll start because I think it's too big a game to throw him into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'd, re- I'd really like to see him come on if Arsenal do have somewhat of a lead, or even if it's a draw at that point. I, I think he's just going to be such a fantastic addition for them. I think I think I echo that completely. I think he will be a very, very good signing for them going forward, especially when there hasn't been a lot of faith uh, paid in players that would kind of play a similar position off Arteta. So a player like Granit Xhaka, perhaps, or a Lucas Torreira, who seems to have been completely alienated uh, out of that out of the club. So I think I think Thomas Partey really fills a hole that Arsenal have been looking to plug for a few seasons at least, and hopefully he will be able to hit the ground running when he does. Uh, secure a start in place Jamie just keeping on Arsenal for a second uh, they do have a very tough run coming up uh, they play this game and then their next three fixtures after this weekend are Leicester at home Man United away and then Leeds away on the 21st of November how important is it going to be for Arsenal to try and pick up all three points in this one um, well you know I mean look they I'm not sure it specifically matters if they get three points in this particular game, but they need to. They can't afford to like lose them all, you know. Mm-hmm. They need to pick up points somewhere. Um, you know, yes, it's a tough, a tough run. Um, Man City away, obviously, is as daunting as is Manchester United away. Um, you know, Leicester at home, Leicester are no mugs. They they've got a draw, I think, at the Emirates in the Project Restart. Um, Whenever that was, July or something. 
And uh, so, yeah, tough run for them, no doubt about it. But, you know, obviously I think a lot uh, hangs on Aubameyang and, and if he's going to be fit for, for Saturday or uh, the, the game after, the week after against uh, mm-hmm. against Leicester. So, you know, look, we've, I'm not sure you need me to tell you that Aubameyang is a huge part of that Arsenal team. So uh, I think a lot hinders on uh, if he's fit or not. Absolutely. And there's not really been any confirmation from Arteta, uh, the team news on the Premier League website, the new function for this season. All it talked about was parties' potential inclusion, so there's been no guarantee that uh, Aubameyang will be in the squad or won't be in the squad, so it's really going to be uh, a lucky break, I suppose, if he does end up playing. Uh, we'll get on to some score predictions for this one. Jamie, how do we see it panning out? I think Arsenal have got every chance. I don't really fancy Manchester City for this one. Um, and it's you know I know that's maybe... Quite a bold prediction to say that you don't think City yeah. will win win a game at home, but I think it's good reason to suggest that. Mm-hmm. I would like to see Party start. Um, I'm not sure how much football he's played in in recent times, but if he's uh, if he's fit to start, I would like to see him start. Um, because look, when you sign for a club like Arsenal, you want to play in the big games, and you you just want to go in and get started. I think as a new player, so I'm sure Arteta would have not too many worries anyway about uh, about starting Thomas Party at the weekend if he's fit enough. Uh, I'll. I do think Arsenal have got every chance, but it's Arsenal. So <laughs> it's if they're missing Arsenal, it, and if yeah. they're you know if they're missing Aubameyang as well, I think that's huge as I've already alluded to. So I'll stick straight down the middle and go one one. One one. Two in a row. Two in a row. Yeah. He's on the hat trick already. Just just you wait, just you wait for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so are you backing Aubameyang to be the key man if he does start then? I don't know, to be honest. I really don't know. <laughs> I would almost rather go for like a midfielder or something. To be honest, somebody that like somebody who I think could maybe could maybe run the show. Do you know what? Let's go Thomas Party. Thomas, Thomas Party if, if he starts. If he starts to, to have a good debut and, and to, to run the show in midfield, get on the ball and try and dictate the play. Anyone that you would definitely have in your fancy team this week, especially with uh, De Bruyne and potentially Sterling out as well. He is also a doubt on the website at the moment. Uh, well, I took the, the pair of them out. I did have De Bruyne and Sterling, so I had to take a four-point hit to get rid of them both. Good I thought they were too expensive to, to risk um, and too expensive to have on the bench as well. So uh, in this game, I'm, I'm not really sure I would, to be honest. Um, as we've already alluded to, a lot of the expensive midfielders, such as either Bamiang, or Sterling, or De Bruyne, are all, all doubts. So at the prices that they are, I think they're quite risky. Um, so I have avoided this game completely. Might not be a bad shout whatsoever. Uh, Struan, how about you? What's your thoughts on this one? Uh, I'm going for two on Arsenal. And maybe th- maybe what I'm going to say is going to get me a lot of stick in the future. But at the moment, I don't think Man City are good enough to beat Arsenal. In current form, with, with the players that are missing, that is. I'll just, with no Aguero, no Sterling, no Jesus, no De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. They, could, they could pull it off. But I, I, I just personally feel at the moment, I don't think Man City are strong enough. I'm going to go a bit random with this and I'm going to say Mesut Ozil is going to be the one to start I think he's going to make his what his comeback <laughs> what Ozil you, you've, yep. been to, you've been talking to Raph <laughs> no I've been talking to Aganosaurus <laughs> to <laughs> the job centre <laughs> uh, no, I need some Mesut reason Ozil. for that do you have some reasoning for that can Just you clarify more please explain yourself I've, I've said I'm going to go for some out there predictions this season, some some scoreless. There's a difference between out there and batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> there's, 
this has been Arteta's plan all along. He's been holding him back, waiting to surprise him. Guardiola's not even thinking about Mesut Ozil. He's going to spring him on to the last second. Yeah. You, you, you. It's probably like I know it's probably not going to happen. I know, but. So what you're going to do, you're going to write down your predictions, you're going to send them to me, I'm going to type them up, and your key player for Twitter is going to be Mesut Ozil. That's what you're telling me right now. Yep. World Cup oh. winner, FA Cup winner. <sighs> right. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Stuart, you've, you've <laughs> not much saying a thought. You, you've, taken me, you've taken me off the pace, Stuart, with your stupidity. <laughs> Goodness sake. So, Mesut Ozil included in fancy as well then. You, you're bringing him in this week. Yep. Well, I'm not bringing him in, but... Nah. <laughs> Crazy shit. If, you're not, if you've not got your key player in your team, then I, I don't know. I don't know what the point is in saying. He's not had any minutes of Premier League action this this season at all. What makes you think it's going to be this weekend? Just just cause. Just cause. Just because, right, okay. Strewn's at the Because Arteta has finally got a holding midfielder to partner Granit Xhaka, so there's that freedom to actually have a number 10 in the starting 11. And even though he's barely played in the last six months, there's probably not a better number 10 at Arsenal at the moment. Strewn, he didn't make the Europa League squad. The Europa League's quite difficult. <laughs> Let's move on. Right. Graham, yeah, please, move on. please tell me what you're thinking with this game before I put myself down a hole. Uh, it's interesting I think it's hard to predict it in the sense that we've mentioned Aubameyang and also Keaton Tierney we don't, it seems like he shouldn't have been back but Arsenal might be getting clearance to get him back tomorrow and I think that's important because in the semi-final with the FA Cup mm. both goals came from Tierney delivering balls to Aubameyang and the channels yeah. and Aubameyang and scoring and I think City aren't really a team that adapt to that way defensively they stick to their own fundamentals rather than adapt to the team they're playing so I think if those two people play, I think I'd probably take Arsenal. But it's hard because they're both a doubt. I'm going to stick with Stevie Jamie and go with the 1-1 myself, I think. I think I'll st- stick with the draw here just based on the variables that are still mm-hmm. at play. This one it's a tough one to say. And I'll go one step further than Stroon. And I think the keeper in this game will be Thierry Henry. <laughs> 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 Brilliant. <laughs> it's one of those, right? Well, I'm. Well, you'll not be surprised to find out that my my key player for this one is going to be Stephen Ireland for Manchester City. And <laughs> <laughs> a six 0 loss. Um, What's Carrick up to these days? Gilberto <laughs> <laughs> Silva rises rise from the ashes to put in a masterclass of a performance. Send her off unretired. Is he still suspended for the old firm game he got sent off in? <laughs> suspended from football for that, to be honest. That Probably. performance. Say uh, Arsenal, the Etihad, and we've not mentioned Emmanuel Adibayor. They've not, could no. Big, could be a big game for him. A couple of goals for him. Key, for him. Could be a very key player there. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. No fans in the stadium, though, so no I don't think it would. No fans up, though, yeah. It's a good point, it's a good point. I don't know if he'd be as up for it if there's no fans there. Right, and also, in all seriousness, <laughs> uh, I'll probably go... I'm thinking of 1-1 one, one as well. Uh, I find it interesting that no one's mentioned Phil Foden at all, based on the fact that without De Bruyne and without any recognised striker, he's guaranteed a start. And we all know how talented that uh, that boy is in the midfield and pushing forward as well. So I could definitely see him being the man that uh, the team his teammates look to in order to be able to uh, impact that 
Arsenal back line. Interesting with Sterling potentially out there, could maybe see a start in line for Ferran Torres potentially and try and make his uh, proper mark on the league with a decent performance here. But I do think it's just going to be injuries are going to take their toll on City and they're not going to be able to have the strength to be able to get past Arsenal, which is a wild statement in itself. So I'll, I'll start with a 1-1 with Phil Foden playing a key role for Manchester City in that draw. Uh, the last of our premium picks before we move on to our wildcard options. I've renamed the segments because I've had some time on my hands. Uh, we're talking about a London derby as Spurs take on West Ham. It was a good day at the office for both on the last uh, last games. Spurs, of course, won 6-1 against... Uh, Struan, can you remind me of who that was? Sorry? Who, who, did, who did Spurs beat 6-1 uh, last, last game week? A football team. Was it was it a football team? Are you sure? It was a football team. It's yeah. very, it's very maybe, debatable. No, sorry, maybe I was a bit too. I'm pretty sure it was a double decker bus. <laughs> well, it was a double decker bus and a fridge at the back. Harry, Harry <laughs> Maguire's prison yard boys oh. get absolutely battered off Spurs six one. I'll get on to him shortly, soon, Don't you worry. Uh, oh no, I won't. We're not talking about United. Uh, and yes. West Ham, <laughs> West Ham, they surprised a lot of people beating Leicester three 0 away at the King Power Stadium. Uh, it's a London derby, of course. And West Ham, Jamie, do they look good? I mean, I'll, I just, I just want to hear your thoughts on Pablo Fornals now because he has been the bane of your existence. I don't, I don't want to hear Jamie's thoughts. I want to hear an apology from Jamie. <laughs> nah, no chance. Nah, no chance. No chance. Twenty-five million, nah, Jamie. Is he starting to produce? Twenty-five points. Well, uh, well, he's certainly not getting an apology if that's what he's if that's what he's expecting. I mean, good you know, good fair play to him because clearly he's listened to, to me on this show and clearly Pablo, has, thanks for listening. Make sure to I, share the I have, I have fueled him, fueled his performances. He has listened to me and thought, right, I'm gonna prove that guy wrong. Who does he think he is going on his <laughs> podcast with forty members in the league and Bad mouthing me and advising all these FPL players to ignore me at my price. I don't know what price he is, six point something, I'm pretty sure. Six point four. Um six point four. Very reasonable. He's a player. Always rated him. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's very interesting, I feel like, sorry to cut you off, Jimmy, how we have not very many normal working class viewers, but we seem to have a lot of pro footballers who listen to our podcast. It's very nice. It's very, very nice. When Ronaldo listens, but none, none of them are in the league, so they clearly don't play fantasy. Because you know, Ollie Watkins listens. It's... Ollie Watkins listens. Pablo Fernandez is listening. We know Ronaldo Dominic listens Cavett after he after he's trying to batter back Graham's claims. Energy but sport to the world. He'll be listening to this right now, and he'll be on the phone to Arteta demanding a start. <laughs> what else is Ronaldo going to do in COVID but listen to the fantasy ramble? That is a very good point. Energy sports a fantasy ramble on all 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 um, podcast platforms, whatever you get yours. So, so do West Ham look like a bit of more of a rejuvenated side since uh, Moisey started managing since from the iPad? Moise, Moise disappeared, yeah. Well, this is the thing. So David Moise is going to be back now in the dugout. Oh, no. So, I mean, the, the was, I think it was Alan Irvin, wasn't it, that was that was taking the taking the team well, yeah, well, uh, while mm-hmm. Moise was away. So I'm wondering if Alan Irvin was, you know, on the TV, you can always see that um, Alan Irvin is supposed to be communicating with David Moise and Moyes is passing on these messages to Alan Irvin, who's then passing them on to the players. How do you know that Alan Irvin's listened to what David Moyes is saying? It's a very Alan Irvin's probably said, right, I'm not listening to you, you're away, you're, how will you know what I tell him to do? He's probably told him to do his own, do their own thing, and it's it's worked wonder. So fair play to Alan Irvin, 
and it'll be very interesting to see what happens while David Moyes returns to the dugout at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at the weekend. So we'll see. I think if Spurs beat West Ham by five goals to nil, then uh, West Ham should sack David Moyes and appoint Alan Irvin. Any any less of any uh, less of a deficit, they would start with David Moyes though. If it was a four nil. Well, maybe, maybe. Depends <laughs> on how they play, you know, because 4-0 you could do all right and have a few chances, but if it's 5, then I mean, it's just embarrassing, you know. Now, Graham, I wanted, I wanted to speak to you about something. Uh, you were on uh, Extra Time yesterday uh, that went out with uh, Amy Canavan as you two were batting it out and talking about the old firm. Just before her big shout, she did mention something that she didn't seem to think was a big shout. <gasps> Jeez. And uh, just oh. seemed to gloss over it, and I caught, I caught on. To, I'm not sure if anyone else did. Mm-hmm. She claimed that Spurs are finishing second, and it's a nailed-on conclusion. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think you should preface that by Amy Canavan's English team are Tottenham Hotspur, <laughs> <laughs> which is a very, very important distinction to bring in. Yeah, because there is zero percent chance of that happening <laughs> with or without Gareth Bale. Is is he the only reason she would have thought that? Or I mean, she'll I have think, to come think, on and I, fight her case. I, I, I think I think that's what she said. I think that's what Amy said. I think that's what she said. Gareth Bale and if Gareth Bale with Spurs, they'll finish second. I thought that's what it was. We'll need we'll need some clarification from the from the woman herself. But what? Like, I would like to know if she, it's just a Tottenham fan being optimistic or it's delusion. Uh, a person being delusional. <laughs> 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 Spurs have looked good. I think we should give them credit for they've looked good since the first game week. And they're obviously six ones is pretty impressive against United, I think. And it seems as though Harry Kane is on fire, but not goal scoring, which is probably better. He's he's just spraying passes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see. Uh, I went in the BBC Sport preview for this game, and the top line is Gareth Bale will probably make his first tournament appearance since twenty thirteen on Sunday. So that's exciting, something to look forward to. But I just don't think. St- Second tenable for them. Don't you think they've the score? Don't you think Mourinho's good enough as a manager anymore? Mm-hmm. Silly. <laughs> silly, silly cream. Uh, just to throw a stat at you by by our uh, one of our one of the best followers on Twitter for football fans, uh, Oily Sailor, Big Duncan Alexander. Point two percent of all goals from outside the box in Premier League history were scored by Gareth Bale in 2012-13 season. Yep, seems about right. I remember most so many of those goals. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous player. You could absolutely smack them. Uh, Struan, with Gareth Bale seemingly in line to make his first appearance, is that going to boil Spurs into just a fairly dominating victory over West Ham, or do you think there's still a lot to be gathered from this Mourinho team? Uh, I think I think it won't be an easy one. I do think they'll get the win. I think West Ham have proved in the last couple of games that they can put up a fight, you know, and they've, they've beaten good teams, Wolves and Leicester, very good teams to for West Ham to have gotten one over at the moment, but I wouldn't let a 6-1 victory over Manchester United make Spurs look fantastic. I mean, Man United are pretty terrible at the moment, but I'm, I'm interested to see how it works with Gareth Bale in the side, just because Harry Kane, you know, you always see him as the main man and Jungman Son and the two of them have been playing very well off each other. It'll be interesting to see what the third player in that front line does mm. as somebody it, of Gareth Bale's calibre. It doesn't have to be Gareth Bale of long shot 2012-13. needs to be Luke better than Lucas Moura from this year. <laughs> that's, 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 that's serious. That's just a, just a serious point. Yeah. Just, oh, that's all he needs to do. He doesn't need to come back and be a world beater. Just 
do more than Lucas Moura does, which is not an awful lot. I seem to recall, I seem to recall someone well, making really. someone made the same point about a Chelsea goalkeeper. I can't remember who would have said that, but awful. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Don't know who that would have been. I don't think Gareth is going to come back and set the world on fire, but I think he'll be a decent addition to Spurs, yeah. even though he isn't the same player. He's been hampered by injuries at Real Madrid, and I think mm-hmm. uh, his mental will have taken a fair, uh, fair shake after the abuse he endured for being one of the most important players in the club's recent history, which is an odd thing to, odd thing to even think. But I, I do I do think he, ha- he generally does have quality, and if he make sure that he stays fit throughout the season at least as much as he can he will really help Spurs in their chase for top four Amy not second they're chasing top four Europa League and that's still to play so just have to keep that in mind as well predictions for this one then chaps what are we thinking Jamie how are we Are we, Are you making this a hat trick or are you saving it's it for later it's not a hat trick yet you might need to wait for the for the hat trick 3-2 um, to Tottenham I've taken the score right out of my mouth that's exactly really? what I was thinking of, yeah. I think, look, I, I mean, I could end up with egg on my face here because with David Moyes back in the dugout, West Ham could easily, easily Capitulate. go and have... Well, just not have a shot on goal. You know, they could just park the bus, do what Newcastle did at the, the Spurs Stadium a couple of weeks, three weeks ago or something, mm. and uh, and just, just be awful. I hope they don't. I mean, they've got a 7-0 aggregate score in their last two league games against Wolves and Leicester. I hope they come out and try and play on the break and... Try and be organised, but you know I just hope it's a good game of football because I think it has some decent potential. To be honest, West Ham scoring goals and and Spurs obviously as we know scoring goals as well. And with the return of Gareth Bale, so I think it's got potential to be a three-two game. But I think there's a lot to say that it could be a nil-nil or a one-nil to Tottenham. <laughs> now a lot of talk about Bale, but would you bring him into fantasy? He is sitting at the premium price of nine point five million pounds, more than Hugh yeah, Son. Nah. Nah, not for me. I went for Son, obviously, as you know. I, oh, spoiler alert. Um, no, not for me. Not Bale. Not for you. Not at 9.5. Not yet. I think it's somebody I would bring in down further down the line, but I think it's a risky one to bring in for first game week, considering he may not even start as well. Absolutely. You don't yeah. really know what, Still no what, condition, yeah, what condition he's going to be in or that. So not at 9.5, no. So 3-2. And are you backing Son to be the key man in this one, or are you going for Fernals to get West Ham's two goals? I'll go for Harry Kane, I think. I'll go for Kane. Always likes a goal against West Ham, does Kane? He does, yeah. Uh, Graham, how about yourself? Uh, two each. Two each. Spurs have not got a win at home in their two games against Newcastle Everton so far. I think West Ham's results are so impressive and they have a they have lots of talent now. Antonio, Bowen, Fornal, for Suchek, Rice. I'll take Fornal out of the back. <laughs> Suchek couldn't do it against Scotland. He's just trying so. to wind me up or something. He's got, three goals, he's got three assists and a goal so far. So he's had a good season. Let's, let's stop Compared that. to his last, anyway. He's played four games. Four games. That's well, like four goal had, contributions four games. in four games. But, but, but I've seen he, had, he had more bookings than goals last season. So let's exactly, so he's improved. Yeah. But he's also, well, he is improving, he, but, but he's, he's got also a lot to go to live up to the £25 million price tag. Yeah, sometimes it's his first season. Sometimes people that come from Spain and other countries can struggle. And he was a big talent coming in, playing for a West Ham side that's dysfunctional. It takes even longer to sell in. Now it's his second season. He started like a house on fire. I think mentioning him in this that he could be a good player for West Ham is not unreasonable. There's more goal involvement. I think it's a bold claim. I don't think it's both. He was the best. He was the best player under twenty one this tournament. That stacked with talent a couple of years mm. ago as well. I think, Nope. I don't think that's indicative of his overall talent. 
So, but the, so do you think the part... fact that he hasn't lived up to expectations is that obviously West Ham are very poor last season. We all know that. Do you think that's down mm-hmm. to Kane's management then? I think or just the team not performing as a whole? That, I think that's a multiple fact. I think it's a team not performing. I think it's not been able to settle in. I think it's just yeah. when you have a bad run of form that can get in your head. Now he started the season well. He's, the, the club have been playing well. As a whole, I think there was I a communication so. uh, breakdown as well. We've all seen David Moyes try to speak Spanish when he was at Sociedad, <laughs> so the, there was no hope for him coming in. So he's had to learn English to be able to put up with David Moyes and not the other way what about. What was the what was the name that he couldn't pronounce again? Played it was Real Madrid. Uh, Iaramendi, but he called Iaramendi, Aram- <laughs> <laughs> and it was but he was doing it. Uh, and we we have been training uh, dos tres times, <laughs> just dos, tro- dropping wee words tres. anywhere he could. <laughs> Right, 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 they have lots of options to go forward at the moment. And I think it should be a good game anyway. So yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this one. move on then. Strain, give us a prediction then, lad. 2-0 uh, Tottenham, Hurricane to get both goals. It does well against oh. Fair enough. That just add, added nothing to the discussion then, Strain. That's fine. I, I like it's, that. It's, it's, like, <laughs> we like to move next on. Next one. <laughs> Uh, no, no I, I echoed what Jamie said. I think 3-2. I think it could be a very good back-and-forth game if West Ham keep playing the same way they do, but they do have the potential to just completely fall apart with the return it's of a, David It's Moyes. a big if, yeah. yeah. It is a big if. We've seen West Ham, the good, the bad, and the ugly of West Ham, so we just need to hope we see the good at the weekend. We tend to see all three sides over the course of our Premier League weekend for West Ham anyway, so... <laughs> just depends on which side we see the most of this weekend. Uh, that finishes up... Uh, this week's uh, premium picks we're now going to come to the wild card options of the week this is where we pick three games that don't have as much to say about them but we still did want to bring them up at least once in the show we're going to start I'll come to Jamie for this one uh, as we're starting with Chelsea Southampton 3pm on Saturday at Stamford Bridge big game big game in terms of Chelsea uh, how, do, how do we see it going Jamie there's a lot of uh, talk about who's fit to start who's not Lampard said that Ziyech is in contention uh, to be in the squad. He's not fit enough to start, but he will be in the squad. Pulisic and Chilwell both in contention to start. The big misses, though, Edward Mendy and Thiago Silva are not going to be in this squad. How do how do we see it going for Chelsea this weekend? You know what? I, I expect a really big performance from Chelsea if guys like Pulisic start. I, I, I've got really quite high hopes for this game, actually. Um, I think it will be plenty, plenty of goals in this game. I've put it down for a 4-2 to Chelsea. Um, yeah, I know. Look, obviously, we, we, we know our feelings about Kepa, right? <laughs> and obviously, Thiago Silva was, was brought in to try and shoot up the defence. So if he's going to be missing as well, it's, it's a big blow at the back for, for Lampard. It is going to be a... You're going to have Chilwell at left back. He had a great game against... Who was the team that we beat? Palace. Um, Palace, yeah. I thought he looked really good. Um, I was really impressed with him. Obviously, got his first goal and was was a real threat constantly mm-hmm. up the left hand side. Assisted so the second Chelsea'll, as well. Yeah, um, I think Chelsea have caused them plenty of problems. And Southampton have won their last two. We did have our doubts about the Southampton team. We did after the first two games, but you know they got the win at Turf Moor, tough place to go, and then obviously followed it up with a pretty comfortable home win over newly promoted West Brom. So. You know, it's a big test for Southampton. Obviously, Spurs absolutely gubbed them at St Mary's, and I think it has got potential to be something similar here. And um, to be honest with you, if the Chelsea get the breaks, you know, if the right things go yeah. for Chelsea, you know, if guys absolutely. like Kulisic start and 
and um, and they gel. You know, it's big ifs again, but I think it's got potential to be a really good performance for Chelsea with plenty of goals in it. So put it down for four two, and I'll go with the German fraud to be the, the captain. <laughs> now I'm glad, get, I'm glad you one, mentioned which them. one. One more chance. This is this is why I'm keeping him in because if it wasn't yeah. Southampton, he would be out this week for yeah, Carvalho. Last Lewin. chance. He's on last chance territory. And I'll, I'll explain of, why because. We've uh, talked a lot about, especially in the first two weeks that we saw Premier League action, Southampton have been playing a very high line at the back. They've been playing a very high line of defence. And if you think about the, the speed that the likes of Pulisic and Timo Werner and someone like Callum Hudson-Odoi potentially start on the right-hand side, the pace that they all have, if anyone in that midfield gets a, gets a channel ball through, the Chelsea attack is going clear of that defence in a high line that has shown it's not really been massively affected this season. And I think this could be the game that Werner gets potentially a couple of goals just to set himself off in the Premier League. And at that point, I, ho- I pray that they all start coming in a lot more frequently. Because if he doesn't score in this game, he's gone. I, I can't have... His price has dropped already to 9.3 million. So I cannot have 9.3 million wasted on a player that's just not scoring goals. So this this is his last chance, and I will go on record. I know I titled the last episode Werner's last chance, but I forgot we were playing Southampton this week. So <laughs> I do like the four two. I'm I'll go for I'll go for a three one three one personally. Uh, we're going to concede because we don't have yeah, uh, Mendy in goal. Uh, Zuma should start. I think Zuma's performances over the last couple of weeks shown that he should be our first choice alongside Thiago Silva. Uh, would probably start Tamori alongside him because I think last season that proved to be the best centre back partnership that Chelsea had. Uh, if we've, if Ben Chilwell does perhaps drop out and he's not available, he has to go on the bench. I would start neither Emerson or Alonso and stick Aspilicueta left back and let James play on the right because yeah. I have no faith in either of them anymore. Uh, we'll move on because, before I end up spouting more nonsense about Chelsea because it seems to happen on every podcast we do. Uh, who am I going to come to for this one? Let's go to Graham. Let's go to Graham for Leeds versus Wolves, 8pm Monday night, Ellen Road. How do we feel about this one? Because both teams, obviously, they've had interesting starts to the season. Leeds have come up and have really been a talking point just for their style of play and how ferocious they've been at times and going forward. And even in games against Sheffield United, they were able to sit in and then dig deep for a 1-0 win. Uh, how do we see it going against a team like Wolves, who can are Sheffield United but better? the way I can see them, they do have a lot more attacking talent and can break down teams a lot more effectively. I think it's a tough, it is a tough one to call this game. I think it could be a good game, although I haven't been a bit disappointed so far with the Wolves. I don't know if they're still suffering a handler for their horrifically long season last year. We basically had a year and a month long season. Spanning, spanning over 365 days a season did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And hasn't obviously an international break there, so I don't know how much, much it's going to affect them. Whereas Leeds, they are everybody's hipster pit right now for everything. Mm-hmm. We saw, <laughs> I think Leeds got more credit for losing 4 3 Liverpool than Villa got for beating Liverpool 7 2. I would, yeah, everyone, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think they did, you're right. It's just kind of, it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> I think it's very important for Leeds to get results now. They have a history of 
under Bielsa of dying off a bit in the second half of the season just to how much they run and I think we saw how hard they worked against Man City that I don't know if that's an attainable strategy for 38 games so picking up points early in the season is going to be crucial for them mm-hmm. and I think they've got a good chance here I think Going into the start of the season, I think it was a tough game with fancy Wolves, but I think Leeds have held their own against bigger teams than Wolves so far. And there should be no reason why they can't pressure Wolves here. They should dominate the ball, which is something they like. They should be able to... They, their attacking movement is fantastic. Their full-backs get involved well. Mm-hmm. They've signed the boy in Rafinha, who I think is a great sign yeah, from Ren. absolutely. It's all positive right now for Leeds. And... I think I fancy it win this game. Maybe 2-1 or something. How do we see Patrick Bamford coming into it? Of course, he's been... He's kind of taken us by surprise a bit because uh, Jamie was a big, was a man at the start of the season who was certain that Rodrigo would have been the out-and-out starter, but Patrick Bamford had really come up and proved a point. He's been excellent. He's, he's been excellent. He basically... He basically uh, got... He starts in the Premier League for his effort last year rather than his goal-scoring ability because in front of goal he was terrible and he's kind of improved. He's missed a couple of chances against City but no one's going to take every chance to take and they expect that in this game he's going to cause problems again. He's just got to take the score again this time. I think you're right. I think you're right. I do... I'm always going to fancy Wills when they've got a decent front three and... Jimenez, Triori, and hopefully Daniel Pedence because I was let down by uh, Pedence for not starting in the last game in my fancy team. But um, I think it is going to be quite an interesting game. It's going to be a nice way to round off the Premier League weekend uh, on Monday night. So I'll be watching but, quite happily. Pretty sure poor start for Wilsey's forward. So Jimenez, mm-hmm. two goals, no assists in four games. Not bad, not great. Triori, one assist in four games. Yeah. Hasn't looked great. They only beat Fulham 1-0. Didn't seem to do that well, which I think is more of an indictment on them than a praise because mm-hmm. Fulham are terrible. Yeah, correct. Kind of, it's, I think they had a poor start last year and you blamed it on the games they were playing. This year you're blaming it on the games that they have played in the past to catch up to them. Maybe it's just maybe that's just Wolves and maybe they take a bit to get into this season. Yeah. And I'm sure Wolves are going to hope massively. so. Do miss short and Jota's a good forward. I think he sacrifices himself in that front line a lot. Mm-hmm. I, think that's a good, I think that's a good point. Oh, I think Semedo, they've got players set and they did a lot of changes. Semedo coming in, Jota going and stuff. Pedence came in January but he still has to settle in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Work in progress team at the moment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So might not end up being as e- easy a win as some Lewis fans could predict but who knows, who knows. It's going to be a good one as... As I've said. Uh, the final of the wildcard options we're going to mention today. It's a derby. I don't know the official name of the derby. But it's Crystal Palace versus Brighton. M23 derby. The M23 derby. Mm, yeah, Thank you sir. Yeah. Uh, Sunday at 2pm at Selhurst Park. Down in London at Palace's home ground. Struan. How do we see it happening? Because both teams have been talked about a fair bit. Palace have kind of gone through the motions either side of it. We've said they've been good. We've said they've been bad at points. Brighton as well, we've had a lot of praise for this Brighton team so far this season. Very unlucky not to beat Manchester United. And last, remind, remind me of the uh, the Brighton results Everton. from the last game week. Everton, yeah, well, Everton just kind of blitzed through them. But Brighton have been potentially the unluckiest team just in terms of not being able to get results. So, Struan, how do you think they're going to come into this game? Uh, yeah, I'd fancy Brighton first. As you said, they were fantastic against Manchester United and Chelsea at the start. Mm-hmm didn't pick up anything from them and nobody's beaten Everton so far either and they absolutely demolished Newcastle in the other game so I, I do agree they probably have been 
the most unlucky team in the season so far because they're just a really exciting team to watch now. I think I think Graham's spoken quite a few times about how Graham Potter has changed Brighton and, and they are just such an entertaining team now all over the pitch. And I'm really excited to see the Zaha versus Tariq Lamptey uh, matchup in that game at both ends of the field. I think it'll be very interesting. Lamptey's a doubt, I think. He is a doubt. Is He's marked down as a doubt, but I've not seen... Uh, any Brighton team news during a few if talk us talk us through why you think uh, Palace don't have much coming into this game and I'll get that Brighton team news just now. Well, Palace are always a weird one for me in, th- in just in general because one minute they're set up fantastically, they've got the complete game plan and they play whoever they've got off the park, and then the next they're getting four 0 by Chelsea. They just, I think it's always been one of the themes under Roy Hodgson is that they're never the same team two games in a row. Sometimes they'll be absolutely fantastic defensively, and then the next they'll be a total shambles. And I've, I've been quite disappointed to have not seen Easy. I don't think he's started Easy. a single mm-hmm. game yet, which I was I was hoping to see him play at least once at this point from the from the off from the off because he's not going to get too much off the bench. They've also brought in Nathaniel Klein. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've noticed that. Which is, mm-hmm. which is a bit of an interesting one. They're just another good English right back. But it's just, I just I just don't really think Palace will have much in this game. I spoke a few weeks ago as well how I think Palace do do better do do against the top teams oh in the God. league. But... <laughs> <laughs> You're making good points. I think I think they will struggle against Brighton to be fair. And I think Brighton deserve a win here. Yeah, I think, I think they do. I think it's the least they deserve for everything they've gone through this season. I, I just think they've been so entertaining to watch and I, I just hope a few neutrals, you know, I, I don't think many teams, especially from Scotland, will exactly have a horse in this race but I do hope a lot of people throughout the season start to watch and just enjoy the football that Brighton mm-hmm. have began to play. Now, someone remind me quickly, what uh, side does Tyreek Mitchell play? Is he left back or right left back? back. He's, he's left, left back, back right, right okay. So, I was, I was just thinking for my own fancy team because he's he'll still be in my bat lane, so that's fine. Yeah. He's not Van threatened Han- by... Fernando could come back. Uh, he's not threatened by Nathaniel Klein's addition. Uh, Tariq Lamptey, just to touch on it there, he is back in training. He did train, so... In contention, they're going to see how he reacts to the training and potentially could be included for Sunday's game. Uh, that kind of brings it into the wildcard options we're going to talk about. Now we're going to bring bring you to the end of the show and bring you to our locked-in lineup. This is the a few players that we are going to suggest for your fancy team uh, lineups this week that you can lock in and have no problems about whatsoever and confidence that they're all going to play, they're all going to get points. As always, we take it through position by position, so we're going to start... Goalkeepers and defenders at the same time, they all uh, benefit from clean sheet points. Uh, Jamie, who do we see getting clean sheets this weekend, if anyone? Um, I think Brighton could beat Palace 1-0 or something. So uh, Matt Ryan, maybe not the worst shout in the world. My goalie's Rui Patricio. Um, yeah, I'll get him. I don't. He wouldn't be my choice. My my bench is McCarthy, and I, as I said earlier, I think Chelsea will stick a yeah. few past Southampton. So he's the lesser of two evils, really. Um, I'm just hoping that the Wolves Leeds game is a uh, a low scoring one because <laughs> I've also got ailing in defence. So uh, and Melno would benefit you yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I would say Matt Ryan for Brighton would be my my pick, but uh, Ray Patricio is the person who lines up in my team. I've got. Patricio, but I've also got, and a game we've not actually talked about today, I've got Martinez, Emmy Martinez at Villa. Obviously, they're playing away to Leicester yeah. on uh, Sunday night's Sky Sports box office fixture. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, we don't, we don't like that here. 
Uh, it could be a tricky one for my goalkeepers this weekend. Uh, Defence-wise, I think West Brom Burnley has 0-0 written all over it. That Struan Stru- called it the Brexit game of the season. It has to be. That's, it's up there. Be up there. And Burnley defenders and West Brom defenders are going to come cheap. So if you are going to invest in a defender that you think is going to net you six points at least this weekend, you'd probably be well inclined to do so from either of those two. Uh, Graham, Ivanovic's debut for West Brom. Oh, it is, of course. It could be. Big uh, Branislav Ivanovic back in the Premier League after his career at Chelsea, of course, then went to Zenit and is now at West Brom. Graham, anyone else you want to chuck in for a defender shout? Honestly, maybe Cordarlo at Newcastle. They play at home at Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not entirely it's sure. Funny, you, you doubt Odin Gallo's ability in front of goal. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, man. You have the ability to score that many goals against a Newcastle side that'll put that'll put that bus and park it in Very the true. garage. Do you think it could, Steve, Steve Bruce could emulate Steve Clark and go for a one 0 with one shot on target again? Nah, if he could do. Well, I think Steve Clark took it from Steve Bruce. Two he did. Working, he did. The two Stevies working together. Steve <laughs> managers called Steve love getting one 0 wins with one shot on target. It's a thing. Other than that. Sheffield United players, but I wouldn't play. They can they be good for this week, but then mm. not any other questions week. asked later on. Yeah, not long term. It's quite tough actually. I'm not sure. There's other, there's not been many clean sheets in the Premier League all season. There's not. You're right. So my, my bet is just putting four defenders that are cheap, hope for the best, and hang on. <laughs> hang on for the ride. That's not a bad shout. Struan, how about yourself? Yeah, I, I totally agree with Graham. I just don't think clean sheets to be a thing this season so far and, and just based just a glance at those fixtures just goals all over the shop except for the Brexit game of course of course but who knows that'll probably throw up some kind of 3 all or something like that but West Brom love a 3 all, don't they Jamie yeah I certainly do <laughs> have to expect Burnley to be a little better defensively than Chelsea were in that game <laughs> which is saying a lot about Chelsea's defence at that <laughs> point this season uh, we'll, we'll move up and we'll start talking about our midfield options uh, Struan, who are we back in midfield this week? I've still got a Bamiang in my team, even though it's a seventy a seventy five percent chance of playing, just because he he is going to be the danger man potentially. I've gone for Adama Traore. He was my bring in this week against Leeds, I think as well. Hopefully he'll start to find the form he had last season. I've gone, I've kept Kai Havertz as well. Speaking earlier on about Jeremy mm-hmm. for Chelsea, I think he's another one who really needs to show up in this game. And I've also got Harvey Barnes who hopefully will have a good performance against Aston Villa. Graham, how about you? Who's in your midfield this week? Uh, I've not changed. Well, I took the Bruyne out and put Sterling in, which is stupid because Sterling might not play. Oh, God. <laughs> I have the boy Hamez and I have Rashford in, which is silly because Rashford, I said my new won't score goals. I'm basically having a nightmare with the whole thing. Uh, I hate the game. I just want to be winning again. Uh, yeah, no, it's not. It's me and you are really not having a good year, are we? Not so far. I have Click and Rodriguez, and I'm quite happy putting them in there. Good, yeah. the good options. Hammond's been seven and a half million to steal still. I think. I think he's how, gone up. I think he might have gone up. Oh, seven, 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 seven point seven. Seven point seven. I've got seven point six right now, so I'm getting a bit of a cheaper deal because I got him in earlier. Uh, if I was putting players in to recommend. I would maybe put Kai Havertz in. I thought he looked a lot better against Crystal Palace a couple of weeks ago. He maybe did, yeah, a lot more maybe, lively. Maybe he's finding his footing. And other than that, not 100% sure. Pablo Fornells, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the only shout. Jamie, how are you responding to that with the Pablo Fornells? you get someone else you would play ahead of him, potentially? 
Uh, I've got a 3 4 3 formation this week, which is a little bold, perhaps. Um, four midfielders are sought. Well, obviously, I had to make two changes in midfield. Uh, Sterling and De Bruyne, obviously, as I alluded to earlier, have been removed and they've been replaced by Human Son and Christian Pulisic. So, my midfield four is uh, Human Son, Kai Havertz, Christian Pulisic, and Yves Basuma retains his place for that screamer against Everton. And he will be back for the Palace game, so he will not be. I know Graham's a big fan of Basuma, and I can definitely see yeah. why. Yeah, <laughs> he's a he, he, look. He's he's a bit more of a sitting midfielder, I think. Um, so he's, he's you know look his goal against everyone was an absolute peach, but I'm not expecting goals from him every week. But I like the way he seems to get on the ball and try and drive, try and, yeah. Try and, yeah, try and control the game. Um, so I think he's a good player for assists, to be honest. So uh, yeah, I think he'll uh, and he's cheap, so I think he's a decent player for you. Well, hopefully that comes off for you. Uh, my midfield, it's incomplete at the moment because I am also having to take out Kevin De Bruyne. I'm not yet settled on which player to bring in. I think that's going to take a lot of tinkering. Mesut Ozil. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> you're whispering dreams of Mesut Ozil into my ears, and I don't like that. Uh, I've got uh, Rodriguez and Barnes just to echo a couple of other shouts. I think they are very decent options. I think Barnes, other than Vardy in that Leicester team, is probably the most influential player, especially going forward. I've got Daniel Pedence still in from Wolves, and I've also got Wilfred Zaha, but I feel like he could be on his way out. I think he's had his kind of purple patch for the season already in his first couple of games, uh, so I may end up shipping him along in the next couple of weeks. I am very unsure on which uh, which midfielder to bring in because I feel like there's no guarantees. Like part of me is thinking, oh, we go, uh, we swap big money for big money and get Salah in. Part of me is thinking, oh, well, Jack Grealish or McGinn were playing excellently against Liverpool. They could have a good day against Leicester. I'm all up in my head, boys, and I don't know what to do. So hopefully, I'll listen to this back and get some inspiration from what you've told me. Uh, we'll move up and we'll finalise our attack for this weekend. Struan, who are we starting with at striker? Uh, pre- previously mentioned as well I'm going to captain Werner one last time you captain them I know I, th- I think as you've said the high line I think Chelsea are in good form I think he needs to prove a point he got a couple of Germany in international duty I think he this did. is this is his moment to shine I've also gone for Callum Wilson as we pointed out earlier on Newcastle are probably going to get a victory over Manchester United <laughs> at the moment and I think Callum Wilson is a solid shout and of course probably the best striker in the Premier League at the moment in Dominic Calvert-Lewin even though it's against Liverpool if anyone in that Everton team other than Hammers is going to come up with anything, it's probably going to be Calvert-Lewin. And I think just in general, this season, he's a very good option to have as a striker. It's three good shouts. It's three very good shouts. Uh, Graham, how about yourself? Uh, keep Calvert-Lewin in. Calvert-Lewin, I know too many boys in our, t- in our league don't have him in still, and he's been on fire. Mm-hmm. Although he's predicted a nil-nil, though. Uh, sure, just keep him in, though. I'm the captain, him, just in case <laughs> things go wrong. So, I mean, I'm my head a long-term of- pick. Yes, my head's all yeah. over the place, Jimmy. I didn't want to be on this show. My team play in the Elf in the morning. <laughs> you didn't have to come on. You said you could. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just here for the laughs, eh? That's what we have you for. Uh, Callum Wilson should be in your team because he was in my team and he sco- I took him out and then he scored three goals and I put him back in. So I guess you should be putting him in your team. And I said Terry on me earlier, so let's get Terry on me. Let's get Terry in for £14 million. <laughs> uh, Henry in the Premier League currently. Is, is there? Is there? I don't know, is there? I mean, you Anthony said it. You, say, you said it. <laughs> you said don't ask I the question is. when you've said it. I said is there, though. I asked the question. 
Uh, once, on. once upon a time, Martial was dubbed. There the is not. So. No, there is not another Henry or yeah, Henry. No. So. Antonio. Big Antonio. I like that. What's his yeah. first name? Mikhail. Mikhail. There you go. I forgot his first name. He's going to score Mikhail goals. Antonio. Put in Ollie Watkins. He's got the hands. He's the best striker in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Any other bold claims? Scotland winning Euros. Uh, I did say that yesterday, didn't I? You did. Put in Rian Brewster for Sheffield United is four and a half. That's a genuine one, actually. Should put. Yeah, actually, that's a very good shout. I'm just being silly, but Rian Brewster at four and a half million isn't a bad shout. I think he's going to play, and I think he could score goals for them. That's a very good shout. I didn't even consider that. After Keenan Davis wasting a place. I'm generally just spitballing names and just like one in the list and naming names, and actually <laughs> name one that's not on the list and a good pick. Well done. You I've surprised s- yourself there, haven't you? I, I've redeemed myself. <laughs> You've redeemed yourself. Congratulations. Jamie Rounders out here, who are, you, who are you backing to get some goals this weekend? So my front three, I said that Brighton, I think I've got a good chance in the derby. So I've gone with Neil Mopey up front. He's replaced nice. his place, got a goal against Everton, and I could see him continuing his rich vein of goal-scoring form in the last game week anyway. Uh, Timo Werner retains his place, um, although he's on thin ice. And I'm not sure whether to captain him or to give it to my other striker in Harry Kane. We said that he loves a goal against West Ham, mm. and I do predict a high-scoring game in that one. So I think I'll probably go to Captain Kane for the weekend. Captain Kane. I have got a front two. Uh, Keenan Davis is on my bench, but I think in the next week or so, I will be moving him on for um, for Rian Brewster, because I think that's a very smart mm. move. Timo Werner and Raul Jimenez, listen... I know you're listening because everyone in the league, everyone in the Premier League does apparently. Get a goal this weekend, uh, like both of you, please. I need it. I'm bottom of the, I'm bottom of all the leagues I'm in. So j- just do me a favour. Like I need it. I'm the so-called editor of the website, and I'm bottom of the league. What, what does that tell you? I'm you're bottom f- of the actual shows league as well. I noticed that. Earlier. Oh no, Jamie, I'm bottom I, of every league that I'm in. I, I was couldn't believe that you're genuinely dead last. I'm the host of the show. Like I'm bottom worst. Like I said, oh sorry, Jamie. Sorry. Like I said, Jack, you know, James Richardson, maybe you're not don't know much about football, but oh god damn you can host it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm more of a showman than a sportsman, what can I say? <laughs> right. I, I just need some sort of semblance of results so I can shit house my way off the bottom of this stupid league. Please, I'm, I just need goals this weekend, boys. Like just do me a favour. And with that depressing and utterly underwhelming plea and begging show that brings an end to this episode of Energy's Fantasy Ramble big thank you to everyone out there for listening make sure to subscribe to uh, the Fantasy Ramble podcast feed whatever you get yours be it Spotify Apple Music Anchor wherever uh, make sure to head over to Twitter follow us over there at Fantasy Ramble that's where you get all of our host predictions Energy Sport at Energy Sport as well make sure to follow us there so you get notifications for the rest of our podcast uh, the league is still open and you will join with the points you have had since the first game week. So you'll come in and slot straight into the action. The code is DPPRDJ. Try and get us to 50 before the end of the season. I want to say a massive thank you to Struent, Graham and Jamie for joining me today. It's been a pleasure as always. Make sure to check out the Football Roundup on Monday where we'll be recapping the action from the Premier League and Saturday's Old Farm. Make sure to check out Extra Time on Thursday where they'll be talking more about the Champions League action and the Europa League action as it returns next week. We're going to be back next Friday to talk about the next set of Premier League fixtures. But until then, my name is Jack Donnelly. This has been the Fantasy Ramble by Energy Sport. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time.